together growing in faith, changing communities. My dear brothers and sisters, today we celebrate a Pentecost. And there are a few things I would like us to look into. If we go to the Gospel of John chapter 20 from verse 19. On the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being shut where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. Just want to unpack that. It is late at night in the evening. With the evening comes darkness. With darkness comes uncertainty. With uncertainty comes anxiety and fear. It is late at night. They have closed themselves because they are afraid of the Jews. Dark at night, all alone, out of fear. Where do you find yourself today? Are you grappling in the darkness of the soul? Are you grappling in the darkness of your life? Are you trying to make sense of your own life? Of those around you? Are you making sense of the future? For some, the future looks bleak. There is a sense of uncertainty of what tomorrow will bring. And so I can see a group of men and women shivering in a little corner. These used to be powerful men and women, owned families, businesses. But because life has thrown a dice on them, they are unable to continue with life. Sometimes we can be in a room full of people, but if we were to be honest with ourselves, there's so much going on within me. There's so much that I cannot talk about because I cannot even understand myself. I cannot even verbalize it in my own life, let alone how can someone else understand. I want to sit for a moment and look at a group of men and women who have locked themselves up in the darkness of the night. Life is difficult. If you ever get a chance, read a book by Scott Peck, The Road Less Traveled By. He opens, the opening lines of that book, he says, life is difficult. And his argument is, once you become aware of that reality, that life is difficult, then you need to do something. What am I going to do with that reality that life is difficult? 
Either I can become a victim or I can become a participant or I can become a victor. A victim is someone who's hit by a tragedy without knowing. A participant is someone who's hit by a tragedy, becomes aware of the tragedy and does nothing about the situation. But a victor is someone who's hit by a tragedy, becomes aware of the tragedy and chooses to act against that. Where are you in your life? How do you feel? What's going on? That's the first reality. Where are we as a country? Where are we as a church? Where are we as the world? Are we filled with darkness that we cannot see a beautiful tomorrow? Are we filled with darkness that we cannot hope for a better tomorrow for ourselves and for our children? Have we reached a stage where we are giving up on anything and everything we've ever worked for? Have we reached a stage where we are throwing a towel and we say this is all lost and done? My dear brothers and sisters, I continue to argue and I say to myself, in an absence of a legitimate leadership, illegitimate leaders emerge. In the time of a crisis, in the times of uncertainty, we need good leadership. We need men and women driven by the Spirit of God. And leadership here does not have to do with positions of power or authority. Each and every one of us has to a large degree position of influence as a parent, as a brother, as a sister, as a sibling, as a religious leader, as a government leader, as an official. Each and every one of us has a role to lead other people, our lives, those around us. And one of the greatest things that I think we need to go back to is never allow an external reality change an internal reality. Do not allow the darkness to destroy you. Do not allow uncertainty to destroy you. Do not allow doubt to destroy you. Things will get better. Julian of Norwich is known to have said, this too shall pass. And that's the motto that I think we need to go back to. When everything else does not make sense, our faith in God should make sense. That's the first point I want to talk about, the darkness. The second point I want to talk about, in their darkness, where are they? They have closed themselves in a room. They've removed themselves 
from reality. Neither good nor bad. Sometimes the reality becomes too much to bear. The reality becomes too much to confront. And so sometimes you need to retreat. Sometimes you need to come back to yourself. Sometimes you need to withdraw from it. And to go into your own thoughts. To think it through. To come to realize what is it that is going on. And that's okay. It does not mean I am a coward. It does not mean I am abandoning the ship. But I need a break. I need to withdraw objectively and look at a reality. So for them to be locked in a room, on one hand, I can perfectly understand it. The reality is too much to bear. So they need to be by themselves. And that's okay. But for how long? And what do I do while I am on a retreat? What do I do while I have withdrawn from the reality? How do I look at it objectively? How do I learn from it? How does it influence my thinking? On the other hand, they have locked themselves in a room because there is a, a white big elephant in the house and nobody wants to deal with it. There is a problem, but nobody wants to deal with it. And it can happen in our own lives. That, that we know that there are issues, but nobody wants to talk about it. If anyone talks about it, it is a blaming game. It is he or she. It is them. It's never about me. It's never about taking responsibility. It's never about saying, what is it that I can do? I can never change the other person. I cannot change how they think of me. But I can change how I look at myself. I can change in how I look at them. I can change in how I react to the situation. The other thing that I also find absolutely interesting, why have they locked themselves in the room? And the author of the gospel says, they have locked themselves in the room because they were terrified of the Jews. Fear. How many of us are driven by fear? I'm afraid. If you get a chance, read a book by Father John Powell. Why am I afraid to tell you who I am? He ends that book by saying, I am afraid to tell you who I am because after telling you who I am, I fear that you may reject me. How many of us are afraid? How many of us live a lie? We do things to please other people. We do things because it is an accepted thing to do. We do things because it is expected of us. I have principles 
that I try to live by. I've come to realize and to accept that all of us, regardless of age, gender, race, culture, creed, we all want to love and to be loved. We all fear rejection. How many of us are driven by fear? I'm afraid of being who I'm supposed to be. I'm afraid of telling you the truth about me. I'm afraid of letting you into my life. I'm afraid of opening up. I'm afraid of my thoughts. I'm afraid of telling you exactly what I feel, what I think. Why are we so afraid? If you go to the scriptures, over 365 times, you find this notion, do not be afraid. It is I. These men and women have loved themselves. Their lives are on a standstill because they are so terrified. Do not be afraid. Jesus comes today and he breathes on them and he says, receive the Holy Spirit. And he says to them, peace be with you. 